All right, what's up, guys? This is Eric Galina, and I'm joined with my colleague Martin Groschwald. Hello. What's going on, guys? So first of all, I got to kick off this uh, podcast with the fact that I'm very sorry I've lost my voice. It's been a long couple of days, um, lots of meetings, and um, we, we, we we also had a good party last night. We had a good party, but <laughs> anyway, this has been going on for a couple of days, and now um, I sound like an old lady. So anyway. That said, we are at the LA Auto Show, coming at you live from live. the Volvo stand, which yesterday had no cars on it, today it does. Um, but uh, it was actually quite a refreshing um, look at a motor show stand to see something it was with actually, zero cars on it. It was incredible. I mean, let's be, let's be very, very honest. It's, you know, we have Mercedes just down there, then we have BMW here, we have, uh, what's this, uh, Lexus is down here. They are filled with cars. I mean, it was literally like yesterday. It was nice to wander around, but there was just too many cars. And then you get into this like open space, and there's nothing. There's just about like you know, them showing what they do in terms of a service nowadays, and that was really good. That was yeah. really really good. And I, th- I think I have to say, um, LA is is doing pretty pretty well in terms of a car show. It's very quiet, as you can probably hear in the background at the moment. Um, we don't have this kind of overwhelming music coming from all boom boxes around us. It's actually very, very nice to wander around. And um, it's also, I would say, small but big enough to see a lot of things. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one of the smaller shows. I mean, this, this would be like two halls in Frankfurt, you know. Um, this is not a very big show, which is, you know, really quite interesting for the biggest car market in the second largest car market in the world so um, but you know it's fairly compact as you said it's fairly quiet as well there haven't been all that many new unveils this year um, mm-hmm. unfortunately but it's um, it's a it's a show that's predominantly led by design I would say that's how they're trying to position it um, it's it's quite interesting I mean the Volvo stand obviously is um, took a big risk in terms of showcasing mobility, showcasing the subscription service and various other services that they're providing customers now and looking into the future. Yep. But they couldn't do without some cars. So today we've got some V60s out here exactly. um, over over our shoulder. Um, it's it's I really like LA. I mean it's a, you know it's a clean show. It's really um, well laid out. It's fairly small and compact, so you don't have the huge stands like you would. In, in Frankfurt or in Paris, for example. Um, and it shows a little bit of everything. Now, it's important, I think, to note that unlike some other shows, you can't just bring anything here. You have to actually have cars in production so that you can exhibit them on the show floor. If you're, yeah. you know, if you're um, lucid, you know, as good as they are, you can't have a car here because you're not actually selling the product. So we saw Henry Chris here walking around all over the place, taking photos of himself. Indeed, indeed. But his car is not here. His car is so not here. So, and the funny thing is, I mean, you know, there's this technology pavilion which is actually outside the show. This is where we saw the Bytons, for example, that were exhibited over there. Um, the Rivian was there as well, but they do have a show stand because the car is production, pretty much production ready, and it's going to go into production already. Um, now that's interesting. So that's actually the odd one out because they're not actually in production yet. Yet, yeah. Um, you know, there's a talk about that car. It's a pre-production prototype because it's like 95 to yeah. 99 percent production ready. And it's it's. I gotta say, I mean, if we're gonna start diving into cars, it's one of my favorites here at the show. I know you don't. Agree. I, 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 I I I don't really agree. Think we, it's we, one of my favorites. Well, I think we what we have to say is that we had this a massive discussion about this. Um, what we think about the Rivian, and I think, you know, this is this is the, the most important thing to say. This car is made for the American market, yeah. Absolutely. And obviously, Eric, being American, you know, he helped me to understand a little bit what is so great about this car. Because when I look at it from this European perspective, this is not that great. I mean, it's a pickup truck. They have the seven-seater option as well, which I think is horrendous. The pickup truck I can live with, yeah. Um, but you know, you explaining to me a little bit, and I think you can, you know, do that to the listeners and obviously to the um, uh, to the viewers at the moment as well. Why this will work for the American market? But in terms of design, what really annoys me about this thing is like it tries to be producty, but at the same time, it's not consequent in everything that it does. I mean, we had this kind of huge discussion, and I think 
uh, one of the a couple of guys from Rivian were actually looking at me in person, just like, "What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> so uh, we were we were we were discussing quite a bit about this, but yeah, I think it's like it could be like the idea is great. It could be much better resolved um, in all of the details. I like the the front is good. Like you know, they they worked out something with the lights. Then I think is very distinct, but then the rear is quite boring. There's like the, the, the there's just something missing there and I just think like we haven't had the chance to actually sit in it that was the problem but when we look inside it doesn't really look that spacious I think they're not using the space properly uh, I had a lot of criticism in terms of you know the um, uh, the, the, the front bits so or the bonnet the hood area which I think is just way too big you don't need that for a pickup truck especially if it's electric anymore um, but you know like I said it's a good idea I don't think you know it's it's well executed yet they probably will get there when like a second or a third generation if they survive to be very very honest um, but I know you have a different opinion about this and uh, tell us tell us a little bit more about the uh, you know how the American looks at this car well I mean you know I, I think pickup trucks first of all the number one selling vehicle in this market it's um, it's it's massive it's very important for a company now from a design perspective I think as you mentioned Rivian has a, you know, they thought up a very distinct DRG for that vehicle. Uh, I think, you know, the front end is not going to be to everyone's taste, but if anything, it's extremely strong as a brand identifier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, if you if you look at just that vehicle typology, obviously what they're doing with, you know, this electric vehicle company is putting out two of the strongest selling vehicles in this market. So they've done their research, they know their, they know their target consumers. Yeah. The pickup, now, whether or not it's going to be successful remains to be seen. I particularly like it because I love, um, I like a lot of elements on that car, but I love its storage solutions. I mean, yeah. it has so many. Now, this isn't a, a truck that's going to be used like most people use F-150s. It's not going to be, you know, having a couple of, like, um, motorcycles in, in the truck bed like we saw in the new Jeep Gladiator. Yeah. Um, this is an adventure vehicle, a weekend, you know, people... Um, that, you know, go off camping or whatever, you know, maybe throw a surfboard in it and go down to yeah. the beach. That's who it's geared towards. Now, um, whether or not it'll be successful is, is interesting because Honda did the same exact thing with the Ridgeline. Granted, it wasn't an electric vehicle. It didn't have the performance potential yeah. that this car boasts, which is, those credentials are incredible. Um, you know, I mean, for 14,000 newton meters of torque, 14,000. That's, I mean, I, was, I don't know. That's just mind-boggling. 800 horsepower. Like, um, you know, this is a car that can't go 125 miles an hour, but regardless. From a design perspective, I think it's great because they've really hit the nail on the head with the storage compartments in particular. People that use pickup trucks don't always use the bed. Yeah. They just like the look of them. They like the fact that they can throw stuff in there if they need to. But for the most part, they're throwing things in the cab. Yeah. They've got 330 liters in the front, you know, in the front trunk of that car. The biggest, like... I think for me, appealing factor is the gear um, tunnel, which is behind the cab. Yeah. So this is a you know a four pass a four door um, crew cab pickup truck. So you've got a lot of interior space. Underneath the rear bench seat, you've got a storage compartment. Behind the cab, you've got a storage compartment. You got a rear drawer um, beneath the bed. I mean, so many cool things. Um, and again, in, on the interior. I don't know if it's if it's uh, spacious. I haven't sat in it. I have looked yeah. at it. Um, you know, it, it looks great. I think you know there's lots of the, like the the interplay between the materials is brilliant. I love the material story within that yep. car because it's all about rugged materials. It's all about um, it's it's very very cool. Um, the material story in particular. I mean, the reclaimed ash. You know, it's not like it's been done before. But I like the treatment of the IP. I like the lighting. I like the repeating patterns and the um, nesh on the on the on the on the door panel. Yeah. How it repeats into the lights. I think from a design perspective, you know, if you look at Tesla, yeah, these guys aren't fancy. They're not doing some crazy like you know swoopy. It's it's far more puristic. It's far more yeah. simple. And I think it's extremely appealing from that perspective in terms of longevity of the design. Um, so it's not going to date, but also. It doesn't look super weird, which is what American buyers obviously want. Appreciate. Yeah. Yep. 
So very much agree. I'm very a much big agree. fan of the SUV, though I have to say. The yeah. pickup, I really, really. No, no, like, I, I, I do very much agree on that one. Like I said, the, 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 the seven seater, the SUV, I, I just find that horrendous. It's, it's just, it, it's kind of it's, trying it's to show. It's, it's, it, well, it's trying to show something like you know that you can do with the platform, and I do appreciate that. But it's just not in terms of design. It looks like oh crap, we have to do something. We need to show a second kind of car at the show. What we can do with it? They do something and they don't think about it for a long time. So, um, and that's a little bit of a downside for me I think they could have left that one completely off and just showed a pickup truck and would have been very very happy with that but um, but yeah very very cool uh, first kind of look into Rivian uh, but let's talk about a bunch of more things and let's talk about something we let you know when we walked in into this hall so this is the south hall which is the bigger one where there was the, maybe not bigger in terms of size but actually bigger in terms of the manufacturers that are around here um and we in terms of size. Is, it, is it as well yeah okay cool so the um so the idea is when you come in pretty much the first thing you see on to the right side is the genesis and we'll talk about that in a little bit but the first thing we're going to talk about is audi and we came in this morning and the e-tron gt was gone and we were just like why is that car not here anymore? Because we saw it yesterday, spoke to a bunch of people about it as well, and it was really, really cool. It was really, 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 really cool. Absolutely, and it's another highlight of the show for sure, and a massive disappointment that it's not here on the show stand today. I have no idea what their reasoning was. Um, I think, you know, from a design perspective, I didn't even get to see the interior. I mean, that thing was just, from the moment it was unveiled, and it was unveiled pretty late in the, in the day, yeah. um, yesterday, um, it was just swamped. There was loads of people. And, you know, when you look at it, at it in the camouflage, it looked really much like, very much like a, an Audi S5 or, you know, an A7 perhaps. Anyway, in terms of the typology, but you couldn't really judge the size. Now, I think it kind of slots maybe between those two, but definitely, I think, closer to an A7. But the service treatment on that, in particular, the haunches, how obviously the blister line is huge the blisters for the Quattro, Audi Quattro, which obviously they've been playing with, you know, the Marklitz uh, <laughs> team and, um, you know, um, uh, um, Andreas Mint, uh, exterior designer. Um, they've been they've been playing with this uh, showcasing of the, you know, Audi Quattro since the show car of 2014, I believe. Which they was. showed here as well, which yeah. is well, Marklitz's exactly. first car. Yes. Uh, so they, they, they came back with this new one. And yeah. I think... Um, to look into this into a little bit more detail, I think that the, the pictures really don't do it justice. I mean, uh, the, the absolute fantastic part of that car is the rear. I mean, those kind of shoulders, the, it's so well resolved. It looks just so powerful, the whole thing. And it really makes it a, a very, very attractive electric car. So obviously it's e-trans, fully electric. Um, it's based on the same platform as the Porsche Taycan, yeah. um, which is very, very interesting. So we know there's going to be a lot of power in there. Um, from that yeah, perspective it's quite a lot actually yeah. my, lot. my only criticism and maybe that's just me but Audi just have not found a solution for the front face yet they've been experimenting with that for a long time now and it started with when Mark Lichter started in 2014 and like you know they showed this first prologue here and they still haven't really found it yet what they want to do with it. I think this is the only thing that kind of lets the car down just a tiny little bit. Not a major criticism. I mean, you know, like, we don't want to, or I personally don't, you know, it, it can always be a little bit better. But the front is something where I say, like, mm, I'm not quite sure. Could you have done it a little bit differently, especially if it's an electric car? Do I need a grill, like, still quite that big? Can you, can you resolve that differently? Um, but what, what, what has happened, and this is what I appreciate about it, it has become less aggressive. Uh, especially compared to, you know, show cars that we've seen over the past, like, you know, 12, 18 months, it's becoming a little bit more powerful rather than aggressive um, from, a, from a front face. And I, I, that's what I really, really enjoy. Like I said, it's not perfect yet, but man, my God, that shoulder uh, over there is just ridiculous. You know, that is such a nice, such a nice car. And, um, you know, we, we, we spoke to a number of people up front with Audi. Um, some of them happen actually to be on our flight over here. And they said, oh, you know, it's gonna, you're going to enjoy this and you're going to like it. And, and, you know, we're obviously a little bit critical when people tell us that because they're obviously very happy about their own work. But that was really nice. Yeah, I thought it was one of the best um, cars from an OEM that we've seen uh, unveiled here. Uh. Um, I mean, the, 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 the servicing treatment on that car is quite interesting because of the fact that the entire shoulder line has this very thick, um, you know, it, it's, 
it's not something that we've typically seen. It's not a sharp line, it's not a crease, but then the haunches on that car are really spectacular. And I think front ends, rear ends, I mean, the entire car is really quite interesting, but you're right, it's not very much aggressive as much as, you know, just really powerful. Um, and yeah, I, I think, you know, Audi's got to find a way to kind of showcase what they're doing and keep their brand identity without changing it too much, you know, away from uh, from the ICE cars that are currently being yeah. sold. So it's going to be a tricky one to maintain that brand identity because it's so reliant on the grill and the front face um, and, you know, still have that Audi kind of brand value. And I'm not mad at it. I think the front is really nice. Audi's always been a technology leader. You can see it in the yeah. lighting that's being used on that vehicle. I wish I'd spent more time looking at the interior. Had I known it wasn't going to be here today, I definitely would have. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, it was really, really yeah. nice. So kudos to Audi. Very, very a job, very, very well done. And um, let's actually, like you know, from a, from a map perspective, jump over to the other side, which is Genesis, which is right across Audi. Um, and let's be very, very honest. We were extremely positively surprised with the G70 from a production perspective. I mean, that was a good-looking car, and still, obviously, yeah. this is a good-looking car. Mm. Um, but we obviously in Europe, we don't really see any Genesis wandering around, or very, very few. It's like yeah. Infinity, like you know, they're just they're just not there. But um, that's a very, very nice car, and you know, you can see this influence of you know Sangya Blis, Luke Donkerwelke, mm. those kind of guys coming in. And, and, and really pushing towards this kind of premium touch. And uh, compared to, let's say, some of the, the, the German manufacturers that we've seen, this is a big step forward for them, and I think it's, uh, that's going to do extremely well over here, especially in the US. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you know, uh, this is a car that's won two awards from two major automotive uh, magazines. Absolutely incredible. Um, it took home, obviously, Motor Trends, Car of the Year, and Car and Drivers um, Award as well. And I haven't driven one. I haven't been behind the wheel, but I hear that, you know, um, uh, Albert Biermans joined uh, Hyundai. I think he may have briefed on this one as well. It's Apparently, it's remarkable to drive. I spoke with um, Ed Lowe, who's editor of Motor Trend, and he was just telling me how amazing it is mm -hmm. behind the wheel. So... That is really making it a three series or five series and BMW competitor in terms of a driver's car. And and that is just the biggest accolade that you can you can give a manufacturer in terms of being a driver's car because everyone knows BMWs are extremely, extremely well exactly. uh, put together and extremely fun to drive. From a design perspective, I think the G70 is brilliant. Um, this It's not making its debut here. It, it, we've, previous, we've seen it before, but it's a very, very strong um, car to come from that team that you mentioned because yeah. the, the previous edition, Genesis, the first Genesis to come out was not um, done under, under Luke or Sangyop's yeah. preview. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely very interesting. It's, uh, I think, Hyundai being the, a new player, a newcomer in this, in this game, um, is really going to start giving it to, to Lexus in terms of providing some real competition. Yeah, yeah. Because from a design and resolution perspective, I think it's, it's game on. Uh, and, it's, and to be very, very it's honest. It's very, very nice. And to be very honest, I mean, we're sitting right next to, uh, to Lexus over here. Uh, if we compare the Genesis with the Lexus, mm. it's the Genesis all day long. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Um, and obviously, this is their main competing market at the moment before they then take it a, a next level onto BMW, onto, onto uh, Audi. But um, they, they are doing a very, very good job. Well, the thing about Lexus is it's important to note that they've got a bunch of models. Yeah. Um, and even, like, the thing is, yesterday I was talking to Sengapli and we were talking with uh, a couple of journalists as well from Germany and and. and They were saying, you know, why don't you bring Genesis over, you know, and, and all of that. And it's like, in just traditionally, it's no matter how good the German or the Japanese premium brands were, the Germans are always going to dominate in Europe. Yeah. We've seen it with Lexus. We've seen it with Infinity. Um, you know, they're just a little dot, a little not even. They don't even exist in that, yeah. in that market. So you know, it's very much dominated by the Germans, BMW, Audi, and Mercedes. 
Um, in the States, it's a bit different, you know, and, and they're far more price conscious. And you know, Lexus can bring uh, can bring it to Mercedes, which you will never see in Europe. But what's interesting is that, you know, Sangyup was saying, you know, there are plans to expand that brand, make it a worldwide, um, you know, brand that's sold in other markets. But at the moment, they only have two cars. So the plan is to flesh out the model lineup and then come out, you know, um, just, you know, full on, uh, you know, assault mode. And, yeah. and I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be really cool to see. And, and also, you know, in terms of what you just mentioned, you know, building onto the brand, um, we have heard, this is not yet 100% official, but we have heard yesterday uh, from a bunch of people that we had the chance to speak to at Genesis at their, at their event yesterday evening, that the Essentia is indeed going into production. Ah, so, um, you know, if, if, if that is going to happen, I think that will open like, some new doors for them. Yeah, so um, don't be surprised if this comes out in the next few months is that they will actually say this comes out. But from what we have been told, it looks very, very positive. Uh, that this this will go through, and obviously that would be massive because that's if, pretty amazing news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't told you this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously like you know pretty cool, and especially that you know if we if we then move on, and you just mentioned like you know BMW, like BMW is pretty much just like right across from us at the moment. Um, they were, let's say, and that was a weird press conference yesterday when we listened to that a little bit. But let's talk about something that, you know, we've only seen from pictures so far. And I think it made this first official show experience, which is the iNex show car yeah. uh, that they've shown very, very strangely only on planes, on cargo planes that was then, you know, flying around, uh, to be very honest, if I remember that correctly. And now they've shown it here. Um, and it's it's all right. Is that is that okay from a design perspective? I think, um, I think it's okie dokie. I think I think from a design perspective, it's far more interesting than what BMW is like showing in terms of the X7. Like X7 is yeah. Let's not talk about. Car. Please do not talk about the X7. Let's stay it on the i i next because we the I mean, X7 you know, now. Obviously, this is the California is the biggest car market in the U.S., which is the second biggest car market in the world, as I mentioned before. There's a lot of cars that are being shown here that are specific to this market and the X7 is one of them. But when you look at that car, there's, you know, it's not all that interesting. It's gets quite bland if I'm honest. And you know, it's not it's just not for me. Yeah. But the iNext, which, you know, you're right, has not been seen in public before. I don't know where they've seen it, but no one's ever seen it on the show floor. And so it's here in LA and it's quite interesting actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like the I like a lot of the things that are happening. I think it's simple. It's like, you know, again, quite pure on the exterior design. But the interior is also like, you know, a bit out there. And I think that's what concept cars should be. And especially, I think, I models. Um, I, to me, was always, you know, pushing the frontiers, like pushing that envelope, coming up with things like the i3 or like the i8, you know, really like visionary type thing. And, you know, it makes sense for them to go into SUVs because SUVs are huge and why not. But there's there's so many. I can't even begin to talk about all the different kind of like um, experiments that are taking place within that car. Yeah. And, and I think it's quite nice from a design perspective. It's refreshing. There's a lot of cool things, a lot of innovation, a lot of awesome ideas. Um, so from a design perspective, it's awesome. It's also a bit weird, but you know. I mean, it's what I what I just don't understand. I mean, you know, we had. I think I think our producer Eddie told us the other day that the last episode we recorded was the first one we didn't bash BMW, <laughs> um, and you know, like find a solution for the kidney. I mean. When we start an exterior design, you know, I, I, I told you yesterday when I saw the INEX, it looked a little bit like an i3 on steroids. Like, quite well resolved still, like, you know, that, that was fine. But the grill and the kidney for it was exactly that. It was on freaking steroids. Ooh. And I have no idea why they're doing that, because they've, they've resolved the kidney so well on the i8 and on the i3, where it really then became part of this new eye strategy that they were having. And now it literally just looks absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if we, 
if we look into the i7 and the marketing guy yesterday actually said oh you know um, the, the 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 x7 excuse me the x7 um, is the biggest car that we have in our range and you can see that in the kidney we were just like that's not a good thing man <laughs> like why would you say something like that and the the iNex is exactly that. I think you know some interesting points would be on the interior side, which we'll come back to in just a little bit. But like I said, this is for me the biggest kind of drawing point because some of the surfacing is very very nice. I think the wheelbase is actually quite well resolved and everything. But um, yeah, the, the, that kidney is is ridiculous, um, to be honest. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to tell. I, I'm not on BMW's board. I'm not in the, in the BMW's design team. I don't know how you kind of solve that issue you know they're bigger cars the kidney's always been present it's a massive brand identifier that's how the cars are that and the headlamps and they they went and they deviated away from the headlamps being those iconic round elements to something that still kind of incorporates a little yeah. round bit roundness to it um, but the kidneys you can't get rid of there's no way i, I think it's a crying shame as to what happened with how the kidneys were in interpreted on the eye products. Yeah. Because I think that they could be better integrated. There could be a better way of showcasing uh, brand identity on eye products. But you know, I, I'm I, I'm not a designer. I don't know how to I don't know how to do that. You no. know, I'm not I don't have the solution. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of having it proportionate to the size of the vehicle. It makes sense that they would get bigger. Yeah. Um, with the SUVs in particular, they're getting taller and more, you know, far more vertical, much larger. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that aesthetic. But that's what they've chosen to do. So, you know, maybe some people actually do enjoy that. Apparently, yeah. Mr. Marketing Man on the stage, you know, does enjoy it. Like he, he thinks that's a great selling point. So. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe others do as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what the solution is, but uh, it's it's yeah. is what it is. And from an interesting perspective, I mean, like let's talk about uh, the interior a little bit over that car. Uh, the materials that they were using were kind of digital materials, mm. so they they can, you know, you can project stuff, and you know, you can use interactive materials and stuff. So um, that was actually pretty pretty sweet. To yeah. be very very honest, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, we just didn't get to see that much of it. They, 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 you know, obviously they didn't allow you to sit inside. They were just like, you know, yeah, you can take pictures and everything. So it was very, very unfortunate to not really be able to see what they had in mind with it. But uh, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's move on from BMW. And let's actually move on to something that I know a lot of our viewers at the moment, a lot of our listeners want to talk about, which is the Porsche 992, like the, 9, the new 911, uh, which was presented here as a Carrera S. And, one, you know, our colleague Daniel is obviously a massive Porsche fanatic. Yeah. So, um, he's got one. He's got one. He was, let's say he was not super happy about it, but I have to say it's probably like one of, I'm, I'm not a major Porsche fan, but apart from some details, it actually looks very, very good. It looks very, very nice. I think it, I think it's fine. Um, you know, honestly, um, the 911 is the sports car. It's the most recognizable. Um, you mentioned this the other day when we were when we were driving around. I forget where we were, Beverly Hills or Hollywood, but they're all over the place. Yeah, they are the definitive LA sports car, and they're so recognized the world over. Um, that it's really difficult to change that design. It's such an icon. And why would you? I mean, it's, it's, it's a staple, right? Um, so I think it was always going to be an evolutionary design, never going to be revolutionary. Yeah. And it is exactly that. It's probably a bit bigger. It's got some really cool um, technical elements. Also, the surfacing is beautiful, one has to say. It's really well resolved. I mean, the headlamps, the tail lamps, I think, are awesome. Like, you know, the door handles, like, they just pop out a little bit, and then they sit flush when the door is closed. So it's, like, got a lot of cool technology going on around the exterior. But the interior, I think, is brilliant. And it's important also to note, like, Porsche is actually referencing, they've got a 911 out there from the 60s that has a surfboard on the roof I and mean, they're yeah, playing yeah, that was California fantastic. car culture yeah. right 
So they've got one from, you know, the late, the first generation um, from, the, from the 60s out there on the show stand. And then they've got three in a different color. They've got an orange one, which is obviously the big attention grabber. They've got a blue one and they've got a silver one. And that car takes on a different identity with the colors. The colors play a huge role. But besides that, I think, and the, the, the color of the wheels as well. I mean, it's really cool what you can do with, with, uh, with wheels and colors. Um, anyway, I think the interior of that car is very, very interesting because it's very simple, very puristic, very driver-focused, and as it should be. But again, it integrates a lot of very cool technology. Um, you know, everything is digital on the IP, like, and it's it's really quite nice. Um, so, yes, I've heard a lot of people say it's boring or whatever. I mean, what do you you know? You're not going to get a uh, you're not going to get a, a 911 that looks like you know W Motors veneer. You know, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. Like that is just a car that's going to stay that way until the planet implodes. Done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, but but to be very very honest, I think in terms of like really speaking about the design, this is a very positive evolution from the 991. Yeah, I think the 991 had some issues, like it wasn't picture perfect, and this one has now become a really like this is this car is now what the 991 should have been. I think in terms of exterior design, like I said, for me some of the issues are in the details. So they in, in on the actual rear of the car they have this one area which is a plastic uh it, it's probably for you know air intakes or something like that and they have a third braking light on them mm. and that's just weird because i think they could have solved that so much better and it might just have to do with like they showed the uh, carrera s over here so that you know a little bit of a the sportier one that it needs a little bit more downforce or whatever i don't know mm. yeah but that was really something where i said this is a detail that wasn't great yeah and i think it looked just a little bit weird Um, especially with all the technology that now went into the Porsche, you would have hoped that they could have solved that a little bit better. Um, and uh, I saw some of the uh, some of the sketches from uh, from the designer Ben Baum, who um, who I think you know did the exterior for the car, and they weren't there in the first initial sketches, and then they came obviously for the press sketches. They uh, they were part of the whole thing. So Ooh. something must have happened. Maybe you know we haven't seen the normal version yet where they aren't in there. Might have something to do with like you know being the Carrera S or something like that. Uh, so I don't want to judge it completely yet. But that was really something that I just didn't like, which like kind of destroyed the look a little bit, you know. But again, it's just about the um, uh, it's just about the details. And for me, the overall thing is like very very well resolved. Even for me as like a non Porsche fan. Um, you know, it, it, it looks very, very good. And of course, it's going to sell like crazy over here in California in particular. Mm. Uh, probably, you know, if they do um, a uh, convertible version like a Targa or whatever out of it, that's going to be ridiculous, you know. And the people will buy it here. Uh, you know, we have Mercedes down here. The people have really told us that all the cars from Mercedes that are being sold here are AMGs. And, you know, the bigger, the better. To be very, very honest, and uh, just in case, like, while you're wondering, uh, Eric is waving. Uh, he's just spotted Daniel. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted Daniel around. to come over and comment. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, you know, obviously, Daniel, as an owner of a 911, uh, feels actually very strongly about this, um, and he uh, he doesn't like it. So um, again, it's important to note that he's got he's a, got a 993. So it's a it's a bit different. Um, No, I mean, look, the third brake light is not going to change. I'm sure we're going to see that across all markets. The third brake light is mandatory across the globe. If they've invested money into developing it that way, we're going to see it that way. Done. It's not going to be an option. I mean, if it was something like a wing spoiler or something, um, maybe. But uh, no, that, that's going to stay. And, I mean, yeah, I've heard other people say the same thing that you did, that they don't like it. I'm not mad at it, it's fine. Like I said, it's a detail. I think behind the seat of that car, last thing you'd be thinking about is that third brake light. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Very, very much fair enough. But um, let's talk about, you know, a little bit about the American manufacturers. Yes. Um, because, you know, most of the stuff was, or like that we, that we talked about just now, was about the European or the Asian manufacturers. Yep. Um, the American ones, what do we think? I mean, we had, um, I think, what was it? Was it, um, was it a Chevrolet? Yeah, the Chevrolet uh, XT4, I think it was, uh, where we're standing in front oh, of it. Oh, Cadillac. Uh, yeah, the Cadillac, Cadillac, sorry, yeah. 
Um, yes, but yes. we said that was actually really, really good. Yeah. You know, that 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 could sell also in Europe. It had a nice little size. Yes. It was very, very well, well resolved from a design perspective. Extremely modern. You know, um, very, very good surfacing. Um, but apart from that, we 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 saw the kind of the GMCs. We saw like you know the the, the, the Jeeps and stuff like that, which were quite aggressive and not really pushing for design. I would say. Uh, in that sense and, and that's a little bit of a shame is that it seems like um, you know the American companies apart from this one Cadillac were not really going for a lot of design innovation or like you know where you had the feeling they're really pushing for design well um, yeah I mean I don't think the I don't think the American manufacturers are making as big of a splash at this show that they potentially could have um it's important to note Rivian is an American manufacturer based yes, in Michigan. Yes, yes. Um, but I like that Cadillac. I think it's good. I've always enjoyed Cadillac and from a design language perspective. I think they carved out quite a unique art and science design philosophy, which is very appealing. And I always thought that um, when GM owned Opel, instead of rebadging, um, you know, Opals um, as as Vauxhalls in the UK, they could have totally like imported. It would have been a bit more because Vauxhalls were actually um, you know really luxury products when they were first uh, unveiled. But anyway, that's uh, beside the point. I think that XT4 is quite nice. It was uh, in New York already, but in terms of size, in terms of you know um, uh, vehicle typology, I think it's going to be successful for them, um, and I, I hope that it is. The, uh, the thing that appealed to me most, I think, from an American manufacturer, Rivian aside, was the Gladiator, because the Jeep, <laughs> the Jeep is awesome. I love Jeep. Yes. I, I used to own one. My, my mother, like, owned one as well uh, when I was growing up. And when I was growing up, there was a thing called the Comanche pickup truck. And that was based on the Jeep XJ. Um, and it just had a bed, basically. It had the front end of an XJ, and it had the bed. And, um, and then they stopped making that in like the mid-90s. And that was a, a bit of a shame, I thought, because, you know, they could really use it. Now, I think, you know, there, there have been pickup trucks made off of a Wrangler platform that, you know, are not OEM. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, Jeep always listens to their customers. Um, customers. Yeah. They really do. Um, they, they go out there and they cater to that enthusiast market. And they've seen these pickup trucks floating around yeah. the SEMA or whatever. And it makes perfect sense to make a Jeep with a pick a Wrangler with a pickup truck bed. I think it's better than taking you know a Cherokee or whatever it is that they've got and putting a bed on that because that is the Wrangler is that brand yeah. you know it is so immediately identifiable and the new Wrangler is really good um, you know in terms of uh, of design of innovative solutions for the top for the for the how to drop down the windscreen I mean there's so many cool things you can do with that car um, and then the interior is like just step steps ahead of its predecessor and it drives way way better so use that car as a base throw a pickup truck bed on it and um, and I think it's amazing in terms of like a, a, a really strong brand um, you know vehicle with a truck bed and utilitarian and you know people are going to come out and buy those things like crazy and it's interesting because Jeep if I'm talking about the UK market in particular like Land Rover no longer sells the Defender right there's no more yeah, basic yeah. utilitarian vehicle when the Wrangler becomes available in right hand drive in the US market in the UK market rather or you know just available in, in, in quantity in, uh, in Europe they're the only ones with that basic, like, utilitarian, functional 4x4 that's actually good to drive, that has and all the cool amenities in the interior. I think it's going to be a huge hit, and I like that Gladiator a lot. And we can we can actually see that in, in, in Germany in particular. I mean, when, when we're driving around Munich, we see a lot of the Wranglers now mm. in different shapes, like the small one, we have the big ones, you know, the Rubicon, the Sahara, whatever, whichever you, you prefer. I don't think the Gladiator will make it to Europe, though. That's, I don't think it will. But one, one you have to say, um, it's definitely not losing the style of the, of the Jeep, which is really, really cool. Uh, but it's absolutely huge. I mean, that it's, it's a bit longer. It's not. It's just a bit longer big, than a four-door Wrangler. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it's. I think it's nice. I mean, I like obviously, it. I like it. I it's like for it. this market specifically. 
Um, you know, we might see it in other markets. Maybe, you know, South America, that would be hugely successful, I yeah. imagine. Um, I don't know where they're planning on selling it, but maybe you will see it. I mean, yeah. you know, FCA is a global car manufacturer. It Indeed. makes sense for them to uh, to ship them over. Now, how many takers are going to... Are there going to be for a pickup truck in Rome? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Probably very, very few. But um, um, what I would, what I just wanted to say, obviously, if you're watching this um, in the live stream and you have any kind of questions about the show, you know, just send us a quick message yeah. or, or just comment or something. And if we have, if we have time, we will, we will comment on uh, or answer your questions. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like that that gladiator a lot. I mean, you know, we've seen, uh, <laughs> we've seen the GMCs and they have this like snowplow. Uh, snowplow thingy here as well, which is absolutely, you know, huge and it's absolutely massive. Um, but in, in in general, I think <laughs> it is still a very very interesting show overall. Yes. And it, it it's much more, I would say, focused or like you know, it's much more run by the by the Europeans or by the uh, by the by the Japanese than by the Americans. So it's going to be interesting to see how LA will differ from. Uh, Detroit in January, uh, where we yes. will be as well, so we can say that already. Yes. We will be in Detroit. We will very likely be uh, going to do a similar podcast and, and, and live stream um, as we as we're doing right now. But I'm I'm really you know interested to see how the American companies will come out in Detroit. Mm. Yeah, because we've already heard about a number of show cars uh, from European manufacturers, Japanese manufacturer that they will show. Um, so I think the Americans will have to step up the game for Detroit, um, especially uh, since the, the show will then be moving in 2020 to a more like a mid-year time frame. Um, I think they're going to have it in June, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like which that. Is, yeah. Which is really good um, because uh, I actually wrote an open letter to the uh, Detroit Automobile. I think it's called the National Automotive Dealers Association. Anyway... Detroit Dealers Association are, are the people that put on the the auto show in uh, in Detroit. It's not put on by the OEMs. It's all sponsored by local dealers. Yeah. And they've always wanted to have the first show in the year. And for a while, there was conflict between this show and that show because they were um, they were too close together. So they moved um, LA over to November, but they still kept Detroit in January. Now. If anyone's ever been to Detroit in January, you know damn well that's not where you want to be at that time of year. It's cold. It's very cold. <laughs> and the thing is, it's just just not conducive to showcasing the city in the best of light. Yeah. So you, you, you arrive, you get off the plane, you get into a cab or your rental car, you go to the hotel, you just stay in your hotel. Maybe you'll go out to eat um, and then you go back to your hotel. You go to the show, back to your hotel, and then you get on a plane and you go back home. So... The local businesses are just not profiting from having the show in the, and I think mm. finally they, they've, they've realized that and they've pushed the show to June. So it's, I think, going to coincide with um, the, uh, um, um, the Father's Day extravaganza at the you know, Eleanor Ford house. Cool. And they always have like, something cool around Father's Day, so around June 19th. Um, so if you can like, put that together, it's going to just make a, a far better event, far better for everyone that attends as well. Yeah. Maybe even the local businesses will profit from having people strolling through the town. I mean, Detroit's got river cafes, you know? You never see that in, in January, you know? You're just slipping on ice. It, it would be really cool to, uh, to experience that for a change. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to Detroit next year. This, you know, or, or in 2020, but this year, like there's coming years, so the 2019 Detroit Auto Show, uh, should be very interesting from you know what we're going to see from the U.S. manufacturers. I have no idea what's in store except for one thing, which is the Toyota Supra, and yes. that is something that I was really hoping was going to be here. It is not. Um, yeah, we were actually quite sad about that. We was, saw we saw Kevin Hunter, and, and he was just like, "No, no, it's going to be, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be in, uh, in 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 Detroit." Uh, but the thing again, is, it's leaked all over the place. Anyway, everybody knows what it looks like, you know. We, like, uh, I think even you posted some pictures and form trends uh, of, of Supra they're driving through Munich because it's yes. based on the same platform as the, the BMW Z4. Um, but speaking of Toyota, um, we saw this little thing called the TJ Cruiser there. Yes. Which is a, TJ Cruiser, a, a, yeah. a smaller version of the FJ Cruiser, which is one of my favorite cars, which is, yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that this is not in. Um, in, in, in Europe, but that was actually really, really cool. It was very productive, very Toyota style, uh, to yes. be honest, but very, very well resolved, quite boxy. 
So and we had a little bit of a feeling it looked like a, a, a little bit of a, a cake off for the for the US roads, uh, but it was very very cool. It was extremely cool. Yeah, I think I think we saw that it um, in Tokyo last year. I did not I think go so to Tokyo, too. but yeah, I, I think, think it so was too, there. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it's not actually a it's not actually a, a, a cruiser, um, you know, downscaled. It's it's very much got its own identity, but it's very much a utilitarian. It's a bit smaller, I think, than a K car. It's really, really appealing, though. And I, I think um, I don't know why it is that they chose to show it here. It's, uh, it's kind of. It's, it's the no odd one out. It's really the odd one out. Like we were talking about uh, Rivian in terms of being the odd one out in terms of a manufacturer, yeah. but I think the the the, the DJ Cruiser is really the odd one out. I really like it. Um, I have no idea it's why it's cool. here. But yeah, it's but you know this is this is the thing for us. It's like you know these kind of cars nowadays that go into this kind of direction of the Suzuki Jimny and stuff like that. Mm. Um, they just stand out because they're just so different but at the same time they're well made and they're well done obviously like a Jimny is cheap as well so that's that's yeah, pretty cool um, but uh, yeah so that, that that was one of the one of our really really favorites just to see around here so just to kind of finish it off and before we actually wrap the whole show we have to talk of what is behind us because that was a little bit underwhelming which was Mercedes mm. um, you were you were saying yesterday there were rumors about a new uh, S-Class Maybach. Yes, that, not uh, S-Class, it was a GLS. So yeah. I've heard that there should have been an SUV that would have yes, been yeah. informed in that god-awful thing in Beijing. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, there's nothing of the sort here. No. So uh, I don't know who got that information or who leaked that information, but that was uh, not at all the case. But there were two other vehicles. There's, there's that one, obviously, which is just a tarted up uh, AMG. The GT Pro, GT. which is like the, the, is it a track only version or it's at least like, you know, the highest performance GT that they have. They've shown the, the facelifted uh, GT, which is going to come out next year, which to be honest, is not that much different. And then the, the first GT has like, you know, some details are, are new of that, but it's just a little bit more power that comes with it. Uh, I like the GT, it's a nice car. Uh, they've shown a GT convertible um, here as well, which was just standing out there. Um, but apart from that, for like, you know, Mercedes didn't show, and this is what we, what we found very, very strange. They didn't show the EQC. Yeah, there's no EQ models here at yeah. all. No EQ models whatsoever. We went to a um, uh, to a forum yesterday, which which had to do with design and stuff like that, and they were actually talking about this EQ like being the future for them and like you know like a big point of their strategy. But nothing's here, you know, and yeah, that's just strange, strange because you know. <laughs> We think it's like a, a, a dealership of Tesla, actually. It's not Tesla themselves that are here, but there's a Tesla down here. You have the Rivians, like, you know, uh, BMW is obviously here with the iNext. And the, the idea of the electric uh, car is very, very prominent at the show. If it's a hybrid, if it's, you know, a fully electric car, it doesn't really matter. But electric cars are very, very straight, you know, they become more and more important. And yes. uh, you would kind of think that Mercedes with the EQC, which is an SUV, which is fully electric, which is what, you know, the, the, the demography wants to have here, you yes. will show that. And absolutely. it's just not there. And, it's, and we have absolutely no clue why. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, as, a, as an infrastructure, California is the best served, um, you know, from a network perspective of any of the states. Um, it's a huge market yeah. for electric vehicles. Why would you not bring an EQ here? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't on brand. You know, the message they wanted to convey was this, uh, you know, AMG GT derivative, like, uh, super sport. You know, I mean, it's funny because, like you mentioned earlier as well, you always see, like, you know, M models or AMG models or whatever, like, the most powerful cars that are available from respective manufacturers. And they're all just, like, putting around Beverly Hills or whatever. You know, it's... Uh, it's a, it's very much a looks over a power, yeah. Um, but it's still like you know, look at me type thing. And we're in LA. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. But I mean, if we if we move into more like what was actually new, there was two things that we failed to mention, and that was the Mazda three, which is the very all new true. production. Yes, you know, um, the first kind of look at their new surface language like which i really find very very appealing i think it's very good in particular the the hatchback um uh, you know appeals to me more than the sedan maybe it's just personal but i think this uh, this you know mazda just owns surfacing right now it's it's absolutely gorgeous uh it's really very well done and 
um, you know, hats off to, to everyone at Mazda for, for pulling yeah, that off. Their, their, their Kodo, I think it's called Design Language, has evolved so well. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, they had this one show car, uh, which was just absolutely beautiful, where everybody was just in awe. Yes, um, last year in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're really moving the vision, the vision forward with that design language. And the, the, the three, it was really, really nice. I think it's obviously like, you know, it's a car that will be ext extremely interesting in Europe because of just the size that they've shown it here. Um, I, over here, it might be a little bit too small. I don't know, like all the cars that we've seen, let's say they're getting a little bit smaller, but not majorly smaller. So, like, you know, because they have all the big roads here, but for European market, this looks really, 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 really good. Yeah, mm. And in general, it just looks very, very good. I haven't personally seen the interior, so I cannot say anything about that, but uh, exterior, front, rear, body side, um, surfacing, you know, the execution of it as well. I mean, the Japanese know how to build cars. Mm. We all know that, uh, but that's really, really nice. Yeah, well, it's also interesting because I think the Japanese manufacturers, when I, when I say Japanese, I'm talking about in particular Nissan, Infiniti and, and Mazda are really coming into their own in terms of finding something that speaks to Japanese culture and then convey that into, um, into a, a vehicle design language. I think they've been particularly successful on the, uh, on the, on the Mazda side with this new 3 where it's just absolutely amazing um, to see how that is, and and also on the on the Infinity um, um, side, where you know it's 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 a philosophy, and and you know I was talking to Alfonso Beza yesterday. He's like, this is a he lives and breathes this philosophy. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's very much you know Japanese, you know J factor, and um, which is really really interesting to see that conveyed into these vehicles. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe you know, Korean manufacturers are trying to drum up a K factor or whatever. But uh, um, for the, the the other vehicle that we didn't talk about was the Kia um, oh, Soul, yeah. the, the, the new Soul, which was uh, interestingly for us when we arrived uh, just a few days ago, we saw of the now last generation. Uh, we saw a lot of them around here. Yeah, and they look really, really good. Like yeah. they they are just. I mean, you know, I think this is the point with, um, with especially with Kia. I mean, Kia for me is a different level than uh, Hyundai. I think Hyundai just needs a little bit more, but Kia is just so good. Like, you know, it's the Stinger. I saw a yellow Stinger driving around uh, just yesterday. Fantastic. It just looks so good. The new Kia Soul, uh, they now have this, uh, they even go as far as like a GT package. They have a full electric version of it as well. Um, and they're just really, 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 really good. I mean, you know, they're playful. They, you know, so far they have aged very, very well because, like, you know, they, they're more like a producty and they're just really, really well resolved. Yeah. And really, really hats off to the guys. And just like to, to, to jump back quickly onto Mazda. Mm. You know, we had a conversation quickly yesterday with. Uh, European, the new European design director, Joe Stenoid, yeah. and you know he he told us pretty much that they actively embrace this kind of outside view, you know how a European or how an American is looking into Mazda, and you know he he told us about a trip that he did to London for like the Japan house, and you know the the, the kind of interpretation of Europeans um, seeing Japan and you know really being Japan and building that kind of bridge and and I think with that kind of car you can really really see that it's it's distinctively Japanese but at the same time it's modern and it's something that you know you can put on any kind of road in the world and and, 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 and it just works mm. you know and that's something that is for me very very you know uh, let's say important nowadays as well and uh, yeah the Kia ones they have they have really really solved it and I think they are on an incredible way and we can hope that now that obviously Peter Schreier has moved aside and uh, Luke Donkowalko is uh, is also in charge of Kia officially uh, that they will just continue and evolve that even further yeah that's that's the uh, the really really uh, interesting point I wasn't you know I mean just to kind of follow up on that briefly I, I wasn't entirely sold I didn't spend all that much time looking at that car I liked the last generation I find that it was very simple and the um, Kia yeah, to, yeah, just to be yeah, yeah. sorry the yeah. Kia is what we're talking about um, and it's uh, I, I don't know I I didn't 
it might take a little time for me to get used to the new front face, which is like, you know, very, very thin headlamps, and it kind of extends this light band across the entire front. The tail lamps also take on this more kind of L-shaped uh, identity. But I think it's a simple, it's a fun, playful car that they wanted to keep youthful and dynamic. And, and um, you know, that's definitely who uh, the demographic is, that the customers that are buying those cars are, you know, I mean, it's got a very low price point. It's... It's a good, you know, fun car, which is why we see a lot of them out here. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a nice thing. I don't know where in particular it was designed. Um, but, you know, it was also, um, you know, uh, shown alongside the, uh, the Telluride, which is the new, um, you know, full-size SUV. So um, Hyundai and Kia are showing full-size SUVs here, yeah. which are particularly, you know, the big dogs designed to cater to the American market. Um, you know, so Kia with the Telluride, and then um, the uh, the Hyundai Palisade, um, you know, big eight passenger, I think SUVs. Yeah, massive ones. And um, you know, so that's something that they're really getting into. And I mean, the the Hyundai in particular, I know uh, the exterior design team was actually done here in California, mm -hmm. um, obviously following an in internal competition uh, within all of uh, Hyundai studios. And then um, you know, the 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 exterior was born out of um, Irvine and the interior came from Korea and I think you know it shows just kind of the experience of that team um, obviously led by by Chris Chapman we've got a guy that came from BMW came from Isuzu you know yeah. that he knows how to do some trucks knows how you know the the, the thing about that car is it's very vertical <laughs> and then the interior is actually very horizontal so it's quite spacious feels very large inside and then the exterior, it's quite utilitarian, quite focused, um, you know, and I think that, you know, is is going to be a, a successful model for, uh, for Hyundai. Again, because this market is very price conscious, which is why the Koreans managed to make inroads in the first place. Exactly. Because they were doing some very good products at very low price points, and um, so they you know, put everybody on notice because they were able to deliver on the quality, on the driving characteristics, yeah, yeah. and certainly at a good price. So, um, you know, they've, they've done very, very well. Um, and, and I think from a design perspective, of course, you know, I remember years ago, I was in the New York uh, Auto Show and I saw the first generation Optima and I was just like this, um, you know, a friend of mine back then, writer for the New York Times, quoted me saying it was the star of the show and it very much was. And, you know, still, like now, you know, seven, eight years later, it's still Kia and, and Hyundai, you know, very different brands, but still within that same umbrella. And Genesis as well now are making some serious strides. So good yeah. for them. Yeah. So to wrap it off, what's our, what's our kind of, how would we rate the show? What, what, what is your, if you would have to put it into a couple of sentences, would you... Obviously, for you know all of our American friends, would you recommend coming here? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah why not? I mean, you know, it's an auto show. You know, you want to. I always want to go to auto shows. Well, yeah, but like I used know. to spend hours and my poor father dragging to every freaking auto show in the world, <laughs> and, and sit in every car for hours. No, I mean, I think look, from uh, I don't go to that many American auto shows anymore. Sadly, um, I grew up in New York, and I like the Javits Center. I think that's a good, laid, well laid out show. This is very good. Um, again, because it's quite compact, there's two halls. Um, <laughs> unless it's like today, you go between the halls from an outdoor kind of, you know, uh, corridor in the sun. You go to the other one. Today it's raining, which is unheard of out late. It is what it is. It, it has to be. It has to be said. Like we've been traveling quite a bit over the past few weeks, and we've been in areas where it's usually quite sunny, and we've always caught the rain. It's just following <laughs> us around. So it's really, really bad. Like you know, and obviously, like when you're probably coming back to England, it's going to be super nice weather again. <laughs> I hope so. It's not there now. But, um, um, any case, no. I think you I know, think it's a good show. I think I, it's a good show as well. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. So if you have the time. Hopefully, like obviously, we're here on the press days, yeah. So we had the chance to be here uh, today. Yesterday was the first press day, and the day before actually, which was this kind of technology um, conference day, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, so it, it, it's very, very nice to actually walk around. At the moment, as mentioned, it's very, very quiet. You don't have you know, the music all around. We don't know how it's going to be tomorrow or Saturday or whenever. Uh, no, we expect the show it, officially opened. We, yeah. we expect it, obviously, to be a little bit bigger. But if you have the chance, definitely come here. Also, for next year, I think it's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, obviously, big statements be, uh, have been made here with Porsche, you know, introducing the, uh, the new 911 here and not in, you know, somewhere, not in Germany, not even on a, on a private event. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so we're, we're pretty much done for the day. Uh, yeah. and, well, not done for the day, we still have some work yeah, to do. We're done with this. We're done with this. <laughs> done with this. And uh, just to let you know, if you are um, an American car designer, and if you're looking for something new, obviously we have been here for a few reasons. Uh, if you're looking for a new opportunity, please do get in touch with us, especially for stuff uh, that's currently happening down here in California, things that also happen uh, in, you know, in other parts of the US. So uh, do contact us from that kind of perspective. And uh, yeah, and obviously if you're looking in general, we have you know, positions in Europe. We will have positions uh, you know, in Asia to a certain degree as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, give, uh, give us a shout, of course, with all these kind of things. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the live, the live stream of, uh, of, the, of the pod as well. Yeah. With us, uh, you know, sitting here and showing our little faces and mugs. Yeah, and my, and my, raspy, <laughs> my raspy voice. Yeah, and you can blame Genesis for that. We had, like, yeah. you know, and kudos to them. Like, you know, we had a, we had a good time yesterday. Saw a lot of people there, yeah, which thanks, was really Sanya. nice. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Sangyab and Chris Chapman was there as well. So we had yeah. a you know, it was really nice. Was so, um, uh, yeah, follow us, obviously, on all the social media. Uh, this will be put on... Um, uh, we can really see our friends, uh, friends from Holzhausen is just passing by over here. Um, you will see us on YouTube as well with all the kind of stuff. So, uh, please do, uh, keep us posted with everything that you need. Uh, and this will also be put on the normal podcast. So, speak to you very, very soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yes, see you soon. Hear you from us soon. Thanks for joining us, guys. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.